0: Welcome to The Chatter. This is Tom Oglesby,
1: Colleen Pasnick, and Janet Wigner.
0: Join us as we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O
1: most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled fled to thy protection, protection, implored thy help,
2: or or sought sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, petitions, but but in in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen.
0: Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. And And let perpetual perpetual light shine upon them. them. May their souls and all the souls of the faithful departed, through Through the the mercy mercy of of God, rest in in in
2: peace. peace. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Get to a cemetery, folks, and pray for your loved ones. Isn't
1: it great to be Catholic? Someone can start a prayer, and man, you know what you're saying next.
2: (laughs) I think that's awesome. (laughs) I love it. (laughs)
0: I was down in Cedar Rapids with Tony and Sue May, our good friends at KMMK, and they did their uh, fundraiser uh, earlier this, uh, well, I guess it was last month. And uh, best one ever for them. They have been working. They have been working. You know, they worked. We were on the air here at uh, Aquinas Communications within a year and a half of going on here. It took them 12 years to get on the air. Something like that. Close to 12 years to get on the air in Cedar Rapids. And so their biggest crowd ever, uh, bumping up on 250 people, and it was just electric. And nobody, you know, and they asked me to host the event as Masters of Ceremony. And I'm on the microphone, and hello, hello, and nothing's going on. And I thought, all right, this is it. And I just broke into, in the name of the Father and the Son and and the whole room went quiet. And we did a Gloria Glory be to the Father here, and it works every time. John. Every
1: time. Every time. And every you know, time. we used to do, and, um, when we were doing the Martha Mary Conferences, if you wanted to get their attention, you would say very loudly, the Lord be
0: with you.
2: And Man. with your spirit. Right?
1: Well, then it was, and also <laughs> right. with you, and right? And also with you, So yeah. then when they changed it, it kind of messed up that thing. So, <laughs>
0: Dominos for <fobisco>. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. This is episode uh, 17. We are recording this on the solemn feast day. Of All Saints, Monday, November 5th. It'll air uh, soon here in November, Colleen.
1: I love this feast.
0: I this, don't know
1: why, but I love this well, feast. not to
0: Th- This is it. This is what we're all working toward. Praise God some have already uh, been rewarded for their work.
2: One of the things that was so special to me today is that, you know, it's all Saints Day. So immediately you're thinking about the big names, you know, the ones that have a feast day every day of the year in the church, in the calendar. But it's also a day to recognize those who have no name or Mm. who are lesser known or unknown.
0: St. Virginia of the shopping cart.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, family members, family members who made it to heaven already. We don't know that, but um, it's sure beautiful to think about.
1: It is. I just think it's like a great big party up there, and it just makes me happy. Mm
0: -hmm. Juicy
1: meats and wine, that's what you're interested in. The juicy meats and wines, that's right.
0: The Irish section of heaven. (laughs) Have you ever
1: seen on The Simpsons where they have Protestant heaven and Catholic heaven? It's hilarious. Look it up if you haven't seen it. It's hilarious.
0: Is anybody keeping time here? Yes, I am. Oh, good, because I have a tendency to not have tendencies. What's in the headlines?
2: Oh, I got quite a few headlines, so buckle up, folks. Here we go. Probably the biggest headline this week is um, our unelected President Joe Biden, as people are calling him. Uh, Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. He uh, met with Pope Francis and came out of that meeting and said that Pope Francis told him he was a good Catholic and to go on receiving the Eucharist. And many of us have been scandalized by that headline. And then also with that is the Vatican is declining to comment. So you don't Amazing. know if,
1: you don't know if he really said that. You don't know if that's Biden's perspective. You don't you don't know. No. You don't know. Because they wouldn't allow cameras. Right. So they were gonna um not allow the recording and they were gonna just
2: just show snippets later.
1: And I thought, I wonder why. I wonder what that was about. Well and the
2: whole thing, the whole scandal of what it causes, you know, to our church. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a mess. Um Archbishop Vigano also said that with the Pope's words about President Biden, is that this is causing unheard of scandal, and it's really an invitation to sacrilege. That came from Archbishop Vigano.
0: Raymond Cardinal Burke had something to say, I believe.
2: He did. He wants the U.S. Uh, CCB, the bishops in the United States, to correct this scandal, and I think he's right.
0: And that won't happen. That won't no. happen. They're being blackballed, blackmailed.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And and what do you mean by that, Tom? Well,
0: I mean the... Uh, the attorneys general, the uh, people who are in power, have the goods on the bishops for years of sexual predation and sexual predation cover-up. Mm-hmm. And their silence on this issue, politicians publicly um, in error and in heresy and in, in scandal, scandal is the word here, mm-hmm. on this issue of the Eucharist, And the larger issue of uh, the life issue with um, abortion, they won't speak to these um, issues and embarrass anyone, uh, and it's mostly on one of the political parties.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and the other elephant in the room, that was another headline that came out that they're just not talking about, is the whole issue with homosexuality and the relationship to the sexual abuse scandals in the church.
0: The pink elephant in the room. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be back there, you know, you in the 60s, that was the joke. If you uh, had one too many, you saw pink elephants. That's
1: right. I forgot
0: that. Remember that? I do. And uh, gosh, now all you have to be is a practicing Catholic to see the pink elephants.
1: And I think maybe another reason for their silence is they get a lot of money from the Biden administration. What were you saying before we started recording, Janet? Almost like a million dollars a day?
2: Well, one of the headlines was the human trafficking Um, of the U.S. bishops in the government. And what that headline basically alluded to was 47.7 million the bishops get for resettlement purposes, and that was in 2018. But as of late, that number, total money that the government's getting, providing to these U.S. bishops is 363.9 million. And like you said, that's almost a million dollars a day that the bishops in the Catholic Church in the United States are getting from our government. So think of it this way, folks. You're being fleeced as a taxpayer, and you're also being fleeced when you're asked to give to your local bishop campaign. So why do they need my money? That's that's what I'm asking they myself. They, they don't. don't.
0: They closed the churches down in 2020. They didn't need your money because they were getting government money, and they were the largest. I'm talking the Diocese of America. We talked about that here. Yeah, there a couple episodes back. Here? the uh, The
2: PPE. The PPE.
0: The the payroll protection program, how much money was that? Three hundred and... No, it was billions.
2: It was... I can't remember the exact number, but it was into the billions.
0: It's in here. This looks like uh, the hall closet here. But, yeah, they don't need the money.
1: And and that kind of ties into one of the other headlines that you're going to talk about is one of the um, statements that our very own archbishop has issued back on October 22nd on their website is about the closing of parishes. Mm -hmm. So you think, oh, they can't close the parishes. Well, you know what? I don't... I don't think they care.
2: No, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, One of the other headlines that came up is um, Berglio, Pope Francis, as we affectionately refer to him as, his appointment of Jeffrey David Sachs as a member of the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences. And who is Jeffrey Sachs? He is the president of the Sustainable Development Solutions Network of the United States.
1: He must be a good Catholic prolifer.
2: Not if the title is Sustainable Development, so think about what that is. That's reducing the number of people who live on the planet. That is against Catholic doctrine, and that is who Pope Francis invited so to be in yeah, there. wait a minute.
0: Go on in here, because that that's, you're missing the headlines here uh, in the story. Is it rewind what you just said?
2: Well, Pope Francis appointed Jeffrey Sachs.
0: Yeah, but go go into the population. Yes. Quantify that here, because that—that's you're walking down Asbury. You're not catching that.
2: What it is, Jeffrey Sachs is part of a group. Who is buying into the fact that we need to reduce the population on the planet
0: from seven or eight billion? Seven or eight billion, which is what we are. What's their target?
2: I think it's something as crazy like down to half a million. I think
0: five hundred million people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. half a billion people. Mm
2: -hmm. That's a big reduction from seven or eight billion
1: down to half a billion.
0: Now, Bill Gates, who's in league with Jeffrey Sachs Mm -hmm. on the same committees and the World Economic Forums and all of that. He has in a TED talk, which is still live on a TED talk. If you go to YouTube TED talks, look at Gates. How does he talk about what the tools are to achieve that goal of reduction? Because he's Sachs is a eugenicist. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's a birth control. Yes. He's a an abortionist. Yes. And
2: he's a globalist. And
0: he's a globalist.
2: So everything. What is... are
0: the tools they want to use to achieve that? I mean, this is stark. You're going from a half. Uh, from eight billion seven or eight billion people to a half a billion
2: one of the things that they want to um, use is a, a virus
0: and what else
1: well bill gates is on record as saying depopulation through vaccination so right?
0: virus vaccination what else birth control mm-hmm, yeah. abortion
2: yeah especially like um jeffrey Saxon and gates
0: Control of food and control of water.
1: You know who mm-hmm. the largest landowner is in this country? Bill Gates. He's buying Bill up Gates? all the farmland.
2: Why? So he can control production. Well,
0: going doesn't he look like old McDonald? He kind of looks like <laughs> old McDonald. E-I-E-I-O.
2: Well, the fork he's carrying isn't Grant's.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. And nobody other than, uh, save Raymond Arroyo and our... Uh, over and and boy, is he getting heat at EWTN.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why is he getting heat and from who?
0: Well, <laughs> you know it. It's a sliding scale. You know, depending on how big you are in the world, here you can you can annoy some prelates. But uh, um, Raymond's be beyond uh, bishop. He's beyond archbishop. He's beyond cardinal archbishops. He's gone all the way to the. Bishop of Rome, and uh, he's on the, that. that's a headline from uh, the National Catholic Register and elsewhere mm-hmm. here that uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Pope has said that there's a national, excuse me, global, mm-hmm. international mm-hmm. Uh, Catholic news outlet. Television right. network. Television yeah. network who hasn't been very playing very nice. <laughs> Citizenship doesn't work and play well with others here.
2: Well, all credit to... Raymond Arroyo and also the papal Poppy, posse because they have <clears throat> covered some excellent topics inside of our church and they've done a great job. So kudos to them. Wow. Another headline as we continue to be on the topic of the Vatican and Pope Francis and our bishops is um, Diane, Man- Diane Mantagna. Um, she was the one that was a few weeks ago that came out to question what this survey was all about. Um, that
1: set Pope this Francis-
0: up for a calling here. Yeah. Set this up.
1: Yeah, I printed out that story. <clears throat> so um, if you all remember, in July, the Pope said, I need to issue this statement, traditionis Custodis, pretty much cracking down on the Latin Mass, because I sent out a survey to bishops, and they all said, it's causing problems, we need to stop it.
0: And for about 14 or 20 days, it was it simmered there, and then Diane came out with a <clears throat> an initial report and said, Maybe not.
1: Yeah, she she is revealing that she has found some of these surveys be, results because they the Vatican has never released even how many bishops answered
0: mm-hmm. or
1: how how they answered. But she has been getting some of this fed some of this information. Two thirds of the bishops that responded said there was no problem with the Latin Mass. Two thirds and more
2: than half actually favor it. Yeah. So that's
1: that so, was really so disturbing. She's,
0: she's released two uh, iterations. Of her analysis. One was an initial finding saying.
2: We don't believe this to be true. We
0: don't believe this to be true. The information we're getting in interviews and, and by way of Curia information from the.
2: Well, and her sources from inside the Vatican?
0: Inside the Vatican mm-hmm. at the Curia.
2: And she has quotes
1: from various bishops around the world, and she redacts their name, but she lists what country they're from. You know, kind of as proof of what well, she's saying.
0: Well, you know, it <laughs> narrows it down. How many cardinals are there in Kazakhstan?
1: Yeah, well, right. Well, I looked up how many bishops there are. So there's over five thousand bishops in the world, but they didn't say how many they sent it to. They didn't say how many responded. So isn't that kind of curious? Like if you did a survey and and it was the res- it was going to be the basis for your cracking down on a particular mass, wouldn't you have all your ducks in a row? Wouldn't you show that? Um, you know, these were the respondents, and here's the look proof. But that right. was
0: that was really the first issue she had. What Janet's referring now this is response number two from Correct. Diane Montagna, mm-hmm. right? Who, by the way, I want to meet. I want to have uh, we lunch have with her
2: this here. Moment. Let's bring her to be amen.
0: So to your point, Colleen, it isn't a releasing of of the who we talk to and what what they're finding here now is there hasn't been a bishop who stood up and said yeah. I said get rid of the Mass. Everybody's saying, no, we're having great experience with it here.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's a great point. And not only great experience, but the bishops that responded said, you know, the people that attend these uh, Latin Masses are usually young, married couples with many children. They pray, they give financially, they're involved in their parish life, they're well-formed. So why why would you not want to encourage
2: that? And work with them.
0: And the other item... The red herring, yes, yes, was that those who went to the to the uh, Tridentine mass were fostering and fomenting ill will against the Second Vatican Council.
2: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: that mm-hmm. they didn't adhere to it; they called it a false false council, and that statement has no basis in fact.
2: Yeah. No, you know, and the thing that was really frustrating about that very fact, or that comment. So this comment is made so you use it to judge everyone who goes to a traditional Latin Mass? That's just unfair.
0: Well, but the fact of the matter is, I haven't seen one report from one diocese with one parish that said that statement was true.
1: So what do you make of that, Tom?
0: Well, where I come from, it's called a lie. And that's but very... I come from downtown, so.
1: Well, that's right. You're uh, in the flats, in the flats of Dubuque. But it's very disturbing to, to have read that report because you don't expect the Pope to lie. Right. And he's just been caught in a
2: lie. That's very disturbing. Oh, it's very disturbing. And the other thing that goes along with it is there are every time he's been on a plane. You By almost... the way,
0: you're the first to say that's a lie. Everybody else has said it's been a misinterpretation of uh, data.
2: Well, let's call it for what it is. If we can give Colleen the credit, then so be to God, or thanks be We're to right God, and I'll be you. I'll be right there with you. Another chapter in the book of Colinthians. Yep. But you look at every time he's on the plane, you know, and trying to be charitable here, but you just about have to have an exegesis of what he said. So and you can and you can see the reporters who are trying to um, extend their questioning to him. And, you know, it just goes from bad to worse. And they're left with nothing, but we are left with what what we have today.
0: So we have to insert the legal disclaimer here? Yes. Yeah. We have great respect for the office of Bishop of Rome. Yes, do. We, do. we do. And we have great esteem and affection for the man who occupies that office. However, the data doesn't add up here.
1: It doesn't add up. And, you know, something curious that I was, when I was reading about this story it said that Pope Francis based that traditionis custodis on the results of the survey, and he said the results um, preoccupied and saddened him, and that they persuaded him to intervene. You guys, well, th- what if those
0: might be true?
1: Right? What <laughs> if these results saddened him because they were so in favor of the Latin Mass? Exactly. What if they persuaded him to intervene because that's where the church was growing, and he doesn't want to grow that way? Yeah, there's,
2: there's definitely a division. You can see it with, with where this is going. I'm, I'm looking forward to... Division where now? Well, the division that's being caused between potentially two sides of the equation, the Novus Ordo, or after Vatican II, and also the traditional Latin. I'm not mass. sure I agree with that. Well, I, I can definitely tell there's a division, but but what do you mean? How, how,
0: how is there, well, division implies antagonism.
2: I, I would say are you, there's, are you there's saying two between sides. The,
0: are you saying between the laity they are, they are antagonistic or divided amongst one another?
2: Potentially. I think that... Um, well, I mean, we're I, not
0: talking potentiality. We're talking reality.
2: Well, I think, I think depending upon who you talk to and where they go to Mass, I think that's the vote. I mean, not saying that people Well, I'm who not
0: have... saying that people don't prefer to go to the Tridentine Rite, and I'm not saying that people don't prefer to have a liturgy in the vernacular... But to say that the two of these Catholic camps of laity are at odds with one another.
2: No, no, no. Let me, let me back up here a second. I don't necessarily see the laity who attend either one of those as being divisive against each other. I think you I need see it to it say, say that coming, louder because yeah. I
0: think people could be misled as to say there's some kind of uh, instigated infighting here.
2: No, 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 no. I think where the division is coming from is from Pope Francis himself. That, that to me, is what I'm seeing. Is that his group and his people are putting the division, or trying to put the division between those who attend the traditional mass and? I think a clarification
0: the- of that distinction is is important.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: you're right, Tom. I think that there is a a division that's being imposed from the hierarchy on families that are just trying to do what they, you know, where they find reverence, where they find that they're able to pray, what they think is doing the right thing, and um, I think that it's
2: coming from not the other lady. Yeah, no, I don't think it's necessarily the lady because a lot of lady don't have the choice in where they go to Mass. And they just want a good Orthodox Holy Mass, whether it's a traditional Latin Mass or whether it's in the vernacular, which is a Novus Ordo.
0: Good point to uh, take a break here. We're bumping up on the end of the, uh, the item here. We'll be back. till we get through all the headlines? We'll find out when we come back for segment two on the chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We're back. This is the chatter. I'm Tom Oglesby.
2: Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wigner. This is
0: episode 17 here in November of 2021. We got to timestamp those because you know we're uh, we're living a life beyond the broadcast now. We're we're uh, we're a podcast.
1: What does that mean? A podcast?
0: We're not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, it's a big deal. We're,
0: we're we're paying dues and we got a T-shirt.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So, podcast for all those people out there that can't seem to arrange to listen to us live or would like to re-listen to an episode.
0: Because I can't believe she said that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Colleen. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners are invited to go ahead and um, check out our website to the podcast, to the chatter. We've got every episode up to um, number 16.
0: How we get there? Anybody know?
1: Well, we go to our website. Come on, Tom. We go to our website. KCRD-FM.org. Under... Aquinas communications
0: broadcasts something Under or
1: another podcast
0: maybe we should just say uh, the listeners to the chatter are either challenged or impatient put it on the home page
1: oh we could for a while i think that'd be nice yeah, kind that. of highlight that it's now a podcast
0: although i do think the chatter listeners are more refined do you think so i think like us <laughs> Because I was in the parking lot the other day, and I saw this rock fly by, and the guy said, I've been listening to the show.
2: <laughs> Missed you. <ya. laughs> Welcome back.
0: All right, we didn't get through all the headlines. No. What do we got?
2: Well, one headline that's really going to head home here in our Archdiocese of Dubuque, Iowa. Um, our Archbishop, Michael Jekylls, has made the news um, yeah with Michael Voris and Church Militant with a homily that he had on October 24th. And in his homily, he was talking about the Synod of Synods and what that meant. And he alluded to a discussion in his homily about the potential of having women priests and married priests. No. Yeah. He went there. He
1: went there. Yeah, you know, I was kind of, um, I started listening to that homily, and at first he started talking about synodality and how Pope Francis is engaging all members of the church all over the world in a multi-year conversation called a synod. And I thought, this is on the heels of Pope Francis closing traditional orders, right? He does not want to hear from traditional orders. So I thought, that's not true, that he wants to uh, survey all members of the church. He does not want to hear from conservative members as we just discussed in our previous segment about traditionis Custodes in the survey from the bishops, that uh, was favorable to the Latin Mass, and he threw that away.
2: Well, in the, um, the homily, the tone of the homily seemed to dismiss Catholic Church teaching, um, saying how the Church and its teachings can shift and envelop over time. But even more dangerous to me was that it left an opening that that's allowed and development
1: of doctrine is a tenet of modernism, which has been condemned over and over by the church.
2: hmm
1: And so I'm going to ask a dumb question. So is that heresy?
0: Boy. By definition.
1: Obstinate, post-baptismal denial of a truth of a faith is the definition of heresy. O- obstinate. Okay. So more than once, obstinate. Persistent. Persistent over time, many occasions. Obstinate, post-baptismal, and he's been baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, denial of a tenant of the Catholic faith that must be believed.
0: The calls and the letters we are getting here are um, electrified, yeah. for lack of a better word.
2: You know, on part of this...
0: For a bishop to, who is a shepherd of the sheep to open the door to treat to treat a doctrine of the church like a discipline of the church, that we might understand something more fully or more deeply, or we might come to a realization that heretofore was unavailable to us, is scandalous.
2: It is. He's a son of Mary, and he's refusing to love.
0: And I'm getting calls, we are getting calls, from priests, from laity, notes, saying... Is that really happening or did I did I not? But it's a matter of public record. It's it's on the
1: um... You can watch
2: the video. Let's we can, let, we let's can play do this a clip. here.
0: Let's you got it?
2: I do. We can play a clip of the
1: We're gonna
0: go for two or four minutes or now this what is the homily.
1: This is the homily that Archbishop Jekylls gave on October twenty fourth, and I believe you can go on the Archdiocese of Dubuque website and watch it for yourself.
2: And on YouTube.
1: And on YouTube, but this is just a snippet of it at about the 12-minute mark
2: About 11 and a half. Okay. Okay, so I'll go ahead and play that. Just uh, go ahead and listen.
3: Lastly, Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want? That's the same question, really, in synodality that we put to the Holy Spirit. What do you want? Listening for a response and ready to change, perhaps in surprising ways. We'll still be a hierarchical church, which means to be led and served by clergy, for good or for ill, and we'll still profess Catholic faith, which we believe can develop with time. For example, our reading of sacred scripture can deepen such that we would decide differently about a men-only priesthood. Or our studies can show us that there have been married priests in the past and there are married priests even now in the Catholic Church and in the past and present without problems. God only knows where the synodal process will guide the Church.
0: But if nothing else,
3: uh... hopefully...
0: Let's uh, cut that off. Here. Yeah,
1: that was a that was a lot to think about right there, and to kind of digest what he said. Um, one of the first things he said was that how the Catholic faith can develop with time, and that is wrong.
2: That is wrong. That's that is, modernism.
1: That's modernism, and that is wrong. And plus, if you take it to then the next level, that he says, for example, he says, in our reading of sacred scripture, can deepen such that we would decide differently about a male only. A, Man. So that
0: means all of the teachings, the magisterium, the, the sacred tradition, everything from the councils for the last 2,000 years has been in error because we've now decided differently.
1: Yeah, it's not a development of doctrine.
2: It's a reversal of doctrine. Right, and that, and that's the key is a reversal. And the winds of change, you know, And that, and that's the thing that comes to my mind is when you have you know it's the church is not a democracy if everybody is in favor of something that is against church teaching just because it's a majority doesn't make it right it's contrary to the the hearts
0: of the faithful and enkindle within them the fire of your love send Send forth forth your spirit spirit and and they shall be created and and you shall renew renew the face of the earth O god who by the light of the holy spirit you did instruct the hearts of the faithful Grant that by the same Holy Spirit, Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in, rejoice in, in your, in your consolation through, through Christ,
2: Christ our, our Lord.
0: Lord. Amen. Amen. Please, Holy Spirit, come to our archdiocese. Come to our clergy.
2: Come to our come to our clergy and raise up for us true sons of Mary. You know, one of the things that I was visiting with another priest friend of mine is that, you know, we, we weep for this type of demonstration of this type of homily from our bishop. We need to pray for him more than we are. Rosaries, fasting, something to change his heart. Because what it comes down to is the ability to love. And imagine all the love that Mary is giving her son, one of her sons, and it's being dismissed. And and not only that, he is a shepherd with special graces in his ordination to shepherd the flock of the Archdiocese of Dubuque and look at how he's leading, potentially many into scandal. It's what breaks my heart.
0: Well, it's breaking the heart of a lot of priests near and wide in this archdiocese, but in dioceses across the Midwest and the country. Our phone and our um, texting. I mean, we're we're getting people wondering, did that really happen?
1: You know, what? yeah,
2: it really happened. But the other thing that I was going to say is, this is just a homily. There's also um, documentation. On the Archdioces- Diocesan website, and Colleen, you have uh, one that we all kind of hit our radar. I've got two here. Yeah, kind of hit our radar. Um,
1: and before we before we get into those, you know what makes me really sad is this door has been shut, and and it's recently by John Paul II, right? He has said definitively that the church is not able to ordain women. And this view must be held definitively Church by all. Church does
0: not have the authority.
1: From Christ, right? I mean, this is, a, this is a shut door. There are no women who were apostles. Right, And which is not to say that women are less than. Exactly. At all. But what bothers me so much is, could you imagine if that energy were put into evangelizing? Yeah. Instead of trying to beat your head against that door that has been definitively shut. The, the souls that you could reach.
0: Oh, it was shut for. It was, The door was never even knocked upon for uh, 1,900 years.
1: You know, so it's like a double loss. You're not only knocking your head against the door that's never going to open, you're losing time because you're not truly evangelizing. It's like a double, it's
2: like a lose-lose. I knew a married priest one time at a conference. Mm-hmm. I met him, and and one of the things that came up about the challenge of being a married priest, because I believe he was a convert to the faith. I don't, don't I don't remember.
1: Probably Anglican.
2: But anyway, in his coming into the church, the challenge, the challenge of it all, was he's leading a double vocation, whereas he needs to be. Well, I think we got two separate things here.
0: You know, one married priests are a discipline. It means it's a practice. There's three hierarchies here, in in church teaching. One is a is a discipline. The next. Is doctrine, and the highest is is dogma, which is a defined uh, doctrine. Owing to, and both doctrine and dogma require the uh, assent of the faithful. But a discipline can be just that. It's it's something that we choose to do by way of practice. And celibacy and the the uh, unmarried priesthood in the Western rite is a discipline and could be changed. Uh, it is in the Eastern Rite, but I got to tell you, as being a uh, husband to uh, my bride of, I should know this, <laughs> 38 years, give or take, give it's, or a take a it's a rounding, It's I don't have time to be a priest. I got a wife. I've got children and grandchildren.
2: Well, and that's that was my whole point of what I was going to say before, is that That's two vocations. You don't have the time. And not only that, I always tell people when we go down this rabbit hole of discussion about we have a shortage of priests. No, we have a shortage of priests because of the scandals and the homosexuality that's being denied as a discussion in the church. And we've talked about that on previous episodes. But to have the answer be is just let priests get married. Can you, can you imagine going to confession to your priest and then he goes home and is... What'd
0: she say? What'd
2: she say? I and, know uh, she
0: was in that I know
2: she was in there. I saw her. And- well, and all we have to do is look at the Protestant faiths that have
1: women as their ministers, at, that have married priests. They're, they're sinking faster than anything. That is not the answer. Yeah. And yet if you look at places like Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest, they have 106 seminarians.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing, 106. Yeah, unbelievable. And they're very traditional.
0: Any suggestion that the Holy Spirit's been asleep at the switch during the last seventy-five years in the vocation crisis is absurd.
2: Well, and again, you know, in light of everything that we're talking about, is who's Christ the King? What's this institute? Are they? How come there's that many vocations in that type of order? What is it? What's special about that?
0: We talked at the top of the hour at the uh, the Feast of All Saints here, but you just hit on. I mean, this month is rich with feast days. Mm -hmm. The last, the pinnacle, Christ the King, the last uh, Sunday Mm -hmm. in ordinary time in the Novus Ordo before we begin the new year of Advent here. What a beautiful, uh, as Christ ascends his throne at the end of the liturgical year.
1: But you know, the fact is that the Institute of Christ the King is a traditional conservative order believing in all the truths that have been handed down in the deposit of faith, and they have 106 seminarians. Then you get someone like our archbishop, who is talking about maybe we wouldn't have a male-only priesthood. And and who's going to be attracted to that? I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no
2: attraction in what he's offering. I would further that and say those who are attracted to that are on the tail end of their life. In what what do you mean by that? I think it's an um, older baby boomer that would be open to that. And I don't think that – I I, I honestly – You're talking the
0: male male married priesthood?
2: No, I'm saying the older baby boomer, if they would entertain the idea that, oh, yeah, it would be okay to have women priests because that's where a lot of it comes from. It's Um, not a
1: democracy. You're right. The younger priests
2: are are clutching to tradition. Right. They are, yep. That's a good point. Hmm. But also, you know, with some of this stuff, it just – you know what? What? Why do we have this conversation on this particular topic here on the local level? We again, we have got to pray for the, our bishop. Again, we respect the office. Um, we need to, but out of charity and out of love, we have to ask ourselves: Well, how long should I be obedient to these homilies and what he's suggesting or asking? It it you know it starts raising that question in my mind, and I know it is well, for other people. Well, you're on
0: faith and morals
2: to the magisterium. Right. Yeah, and to the faith that we have held on to for 2000
1: years. You know, I keep going back to we have got to hold on to that rock.
0: Well, that's why when you describe the uh, the order you were the, the priest of Christ the King mm-hmm. order here and you describe them as a conservative. That doesn't serve well. It doesn't, and it is I mean, a political. I mean, you are you, to bring a po- political analysis into this here begins giving legitimacy to Catholics who don't embrace the faith in its totality. It gives rise to that, that phrase that was only in our lifetime. You never heard cafeteria Catholics in the 19th century.
2: Never. No. Never, because they all believed the same thing. Right.
0: Always believed the same thing. You were just When did Catholic. it become al- optional?
2: They went to the Mass, and it was all the same Mass through every per- place in the world that celebrated Mass. No, it wasn't the mass. solely
0: relating to the Mass. It was, it was on political, social doctrinal issues that there, there, there wasn't this um, this is what we teach but you can choose whether or not you subscribe
1: yeah so liberal and conservative truly are political phrases they don't they don't exactly apply to the church although i will say the idea of traditional and conservative in the sense of conserving what has been given us Well, sure so you know, in that regard, it's a little different than a political uh, meaning of conservative. But but I agree, we really shouldn't use those terms.
2: Yeah, but the, we're just Catholic, right? We're just and but it's interesting because the state of affairs that we're in right now always requires further definition, right? Whether those terms are fair or not, um, I get that. But you know, part of it is is that where we have to be patient is, you know, how many of our listeners have had the chance to attend a traditional Latin mass? Probably not very many. I'd, I'd sure encourage you to. Um, especially. How many,
0: how many people have, uh, had the opportunity to attend a Reverend Novus Ordo Mass?
2: Right. How many people would even know the difference?
0: Well, I, I, you know, I, we. <laughs> did anybody catch this? This is still sticking in my brain. Did anybody catch the Mass at the Cathedral in San Bernardino at the, uh, they're, they're, each diocese is having a mass commemorating the opening of the dialogue for the synod locally in their diocese for the synod on synods. And San Bernardino had theirs coming. Did you catch it or no? Was that
2: the one that had all the pagan feathers and rattlesnake rattles? The pagan figures
0: and the rattlesnake deals and the, uh, you know, the vestal virgins dancing during the uh, the uh, responsorial psalm. Did anybody catch that or no? I
2: I did. You know one of the points that was brought up to me is like, do these people dress like this today? No.
0: This isn't the abomination of desolation, the:
2: uh, kind of makes you wonder. Sanctuaries Kinda makes you wonder. It's making a mockery of Christ and a mockery of the mass. It's a mockery of the passion, and it's a mockery of Calvary. Christ That's exactly will not right. Be marked. It,
1: it is a mockery of Calvary, and our, our mentality when we go to mass, should be we are going to the foot of the cross. And if we see something at the Mass that does not belong at the foot of the cross, it does not belong in the Mass. Right. Clapping for one another, the pagan images, um, does not belong at the foot of the cross.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
2: So related um, also with our bishop is the two other public things that he put out. Um,
0: We need to put those on ice because we are at the end of segment two here on the chatter. This is episode 17, and...
2: Nice teaser, Janet. Thanks for listening,
1: everybody. Don't,
0: don't go away. Don't this, go away. No, no, this is this is. Episode, don't touch that yeah, dial. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> what did they say? Set, set, set it and rip off the knob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chatter episode seventeen. We'll be back with uh, segment three right after this. Hi again everybody, you're with us in the FM 98.3 KCRD studios. Boy, it's getting crowded in here. Now. It
1: is, isn't it? <laughs> My goodness. All our friends as saints are around us. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: We're recording this on the Feast of All Saints, which is the 1st of November, the Solemn Feast, and it is good. And we were talking about the uh, the pronouncement by our Archbishop about women priests and married priests. One is a uh, One is a... Discipline, which is married priests are uh, not currently allowed in the Western Rite, the Latin Rite. And, well, we prayed enough about him here on the uh, subject of women priest and that anti-doctrinal uh, stance here. So I think we we beat that horse fairly well, I think. But, At least uh, for now. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens on that and how many... More, uh, hey! If you got some um, thoughts on that, I know we've gotten priests and deacons and and laity sending their information because this is only uh, how many days old is this? This was the third week in October mm-hmm. when that came out, so it's still fresh news. Send us your your thoughts and comments on that, and continue to pray for the uh, Holy Spirit to descend upon the Archdiocese of uh, of Dubuque. On that, another. Uh, what was the date of the, uh, that was again within days of that, on the 22nd of October, the whole question of vitality of parishes in the archdiocese, Colleen?
1: Yeah, the um, archbishop issued a statement on October 22nd. People can go to the archdiocesan website and read it themselves, and it's entitled An Archdiocesan Conversation About the Vitality and Future of Our Parishes, and um, so the the Archbishop is making a statement here that they are, you know, the population has declined, the Catholic population has declined, and the problem isn't that we have too many, too few priests, the problem is we have too many parishes. So they're going to start looking at the parishes, and he's got um, three activities that are kind of his criteria for whether or not a parish is uh, What do you what, what got? One is, do they serve the poor? Okay. The second criteria, learning and teaching the gospel. Okay. And the third one is prayer and worship. Okay. And he said, if all three are not present, call it what you will, but it's not a parish. And the parishioners have decided it should be closed, which I think is not really fair to put it on the parishioners.
2: No, it's not. I mean, here this, this is coming from a man who closed all the parishes in our diocese with COVID. And, um, you know, granted, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on the, what was it, the 15 days and, you know, so on the front end. But he kept them closed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is just wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you're stealing
1: our faith. Go back faith. to those
0: three criteria again. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm chewing on it and I'm not getting any meat here.
1: All right, so serving the poor, you know, that's kind of vague. I get that. Does that mean that every parish has to have a soup kitchen? Does that mean that every parish has to have a closet? Well, it's
0: a corporal work of mercy, I get that. It is a corporal
1: work of mercy, but how are you going to, like, I don't think my parish opens up for a soup kitchen.
0: Does Mm. that mean
2: we're not serving the poor? To me, he's talking about, do you have something in line for social justice?
0: Well, that's the challenge right now. Here is is to each of us, it's going to mean something different because of the... uh, Ambiguity of it. But
1: he doesn't say social justice. Serving no. the poor. That's very could be very broad, very vague. And, and what if a parish goes, you know, we, we just don't, we don't have that. We combine with another
2: parish across town, and we serve it down at St. Pat's on well, the third Wednesday of the month. But what is poor? I mean, are you talking about poor in spirit? Are you talking about poor in catechesis? Are you talking about poor financially? you know
0: well the other side of that is is who do you meet in any of your parishes and we usually go to a what 80% of the time you're in the same church but you're in other churches in other cities at other dioceses who who do you meet that says the hell with the poor
1: right nobody right? nobody so i mean so serving the so poor is go to number 2 yeah cause, yeah okay number 2 learning and teaching the gospel oh. does well, that's, that mean that's faith a formation that's a, that's does that a, mean CCD what does that mean I mean Bible studies. I mean, how about preaching from the pulpit about the truths of the church? Okay, that's probably next in prayer and worship. But learning and teaching the gospel. So, does every parish need to be holding Bible studies? Does every parish need to? I I don't know. And and if they're not, what if they're what if they're linked with another parish and all the CCD happens at the other parish?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the challenge is when you get to this end of the letter. What is the third, uh, second, third, last paragraph here when they're sending out a gentleman from the. Archdiocese to do this here. If if these three that you're doing it, if we're, I'm not saying they're unclear. They're unclear. They're, I'm unclear, not they're vague. They're, they're vague. They're unclear. Perhaps they're un, uh, ambiguous. How are you going to empower this gentleman to go around to the how many dioceses in the, uh, in, the 30 in, counties? In, in the 30 counties up here in the archdiocese? How are you going to come up with an ob- uh, objective Pass, fail, thumbs up, thumbs down. And uh, and I'm looking for that line up here. It's if the these one. three activities aren't present, call it what you will, but it's not a parish. So by the words of the Archbishop, if all three activities are not present, if one shall be missing, call it what you will. It is not a parish, and de facto the parishioners have decided to close that parish de facto, if one of these three are not missing. This, those are, I mean, he's he's more clear in that statement than anywhere else in the letter.
1: He is, but he is putting it on the parishioners. Now, I will agree that parishioners need to have stake in their parish. I will agree that parishioners need to be active in their parish. I will agree at that. But, you know, um, to say that, well, we're going to have to close your parish and it's your own fault, that's, I don't know, that kind of crosses the line. You could almost conclude that. You could almost conclude that.
0: So let's go a little further on that. It's not in this article here, but are the parishioners then responsible, the ones that are coming, for the three out of four that are not coming to Mass?
1: It sounds like it because it's looking at the parishioners. Are authority. the parishioners
0: who are coming to Mass responsible for the 80% Of Catholics who do not believe in the real presence of the Eucharist?
2: Absolutely. Where's the bishop's accountability in this? Are the
0: parishioners responsible for the one new recruit they get through either by way of baptism or the rite of Christian initiation for adults? We get one and we lose six. Are the parishioners responsible?
2: According to this. And where is the bishop's accountability in this? Hmm. Will that be in the survey that is the last sentence there?
0: Where does the uh, point about the uh, the census, the population, Colleen? There's a there's a reference in here somewhere. Yeah. On
2: the that. third
1: paragraph says the general population has declined, as has the Catholic population and the number of priests, but the number of parishes and churches hasn't declined. That's not quantified.
2: I'd like to see the demographics on that mm-hmm. for our diocese and uh,
0: and also look at it by. County. How many people were in? the Iowa Territory, when Samuel Kelly and Matthias Loris, one came down the river and the other one came up the river? Good how question. Many, how many Meskwaki and Fox and French lead miners and fur trappers were in the Iowa Territory and the Wisconsin Territory?
2: Good question. Maybe we should pray to Father for Maybe. For his intercession. But, you know,
1: he's putting another layer, too, between himself and that responsibility and the people, because he's sending a guy out from the archdiocese to do this. And, and it's going to be another. And yeah, in-person meetings and blah, blah, blah.
2: You know, and we're going to have, and the thing is, it's like everything else. It's going to be like, oh, we're going to have one more meeting, one more survey. And the thing is, is they don't listen to the people when they tell them what they really think anyway.
1: Or what if the what if the people in the parish say, you know what, we've got a lot of people here that want the Latin Mass. Yeah, you won't let us have it. Exactly. Hit, hit the
0: pause button for a minute here. I think it's important to step back, take a breath, and say, all right, is this happening solely in the Archdiocese of Dubuque, or should we look at the Diocese of Cincinnati and the Diocese of uh, the Cleveland. Archdiocese of uh, Detroit and the um, Those are two. Um, Drawing a blank on the others we've talked about, Colleen,
1: but. but- Yep, I but think you're Cleveland right, and Chicago's Cleveland, doing the same thing.
0: Uh, Chicago. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're all doing the same thing because people either are not going, or because the people that are going are in the poor areas and they can't sustain their their church. But it is happening everywhere. So, so you're the poor, right.
0: The poor in our, I mean, here, the opening thing here is the vitality shall be. Do we have? Uh, are we reaching out to the poor? Is that just the hungry and the naked? What about the poor in spirit? Mm-hmm. What, yes. what about what about the um,
1: what about the spiritual works of mercy? Yeah, are I we mean, admonishing it, the sinner? Are,
0: well, are we uh, instructing the ignorant who do not know the truth that is Jesus Christ? Good question. And Fair our, question. And, and I'm just thinking, let's talk to Dubuque because this is where the majority of our pod, although this podcast is going out all over the country here, but if you take a look in Dubuque, the north, the three north end. Parishes are currently clustered. The two south end parishes downtown are clustered. So if you go from on the riverfront, from 1st Street to 32nd Street, from the river to the bluffs, those are where five parishes are now clustered to two, and the big, most beautiful church in town has been turned into a uh, dance hall.
1: That's right. Steeple Square.
0: Steeple Square. Praise those guys for uh, doing some...
1: Well, for a beautiful re- renovation. Re- but
0: renovation, but...
1: Compared to the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass. Nothing compares. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Think think about that for... Them. Where... Who is evangelizing the people who haven't heard Christ from 1st Street to 32nd Street, from the river, the, all the way out to the point of the river, up to... Uh, the hillsides who's doing that evangelization
2: well and i've got a couple questions for you guys reading this i mean we we can all have our comments i mean one of my concerns comes from the rural parishes because i've come from a small town up in northeast iowa and how
0: small was it
2: less than four thousand people and that's a metropolitan area compared to some of the ones around me then but here's the thing where i'm from new hampton they've already been so consolidated the priest is run around between five parishes. So now you're going to force these people to be consolidated, potentially even more, no, or close to, them all no, together. No, no, no. The, the, so what the, is he going to do this, about that? This,
0: this is this is a new chapter here.
2: And, and then the and other,
0: the, and, and it's already written. My my sense that there, there, there's not going to be consolidation. There's not going to be um, clustering. It's going to be closers. Closing.
2: And what's the motive?
0: Well, we you got a lot of real estate got a lot of assets you got a lot of endowments and um, we can't and you know the the front page story is is we don't have enough priests
2: right oh but the article says the problem isn't too few priests the problem is too many parishes and I disagree with that I think there's more priests you know we have talked about our canceled priest we have what 10 priests that we know personally that don't have a parish boom how about bringing those priests over into this diocese
0: well, yeah, but you know, let's not forget about the you know it's easy, and there's a reference in here about uh, these beautiful parishes being museums to the uh what's the what's the phrase? yeah, there? we don't maintain oh, yeah.
2: chapels of convenience or museums to the past.
0: museums to the past. God bless us. This is still about souls. Maza Kelly came from the north across the French uh, Canadian waterways, and Bishop Loris. Matthias Loris came up the Mississippi from New Orleans, and there weren't any Catholics. They built churches, and they baptized uh, the pagans. Who is going into... <laughs> Look at the police reports. Well, let's just talk to D- Dubuque. Look at the... It's pagan territory, from 1st Street to 32nd Street. Who is out evangelizing, the number one, the reason the church exists is to evangelize. Go forth to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Who is doing that? If we do that, I mean, are all three million Iowans Catholic?
2: Hmm.
0: If we get if we got three million Iowans that are Catholic, we're going to need some churches.
1: We are going to need some churches. And what well, about all the Catholics that have left? That's like the second largest group of... People are Catholics who left the church and are going to the other non-Catholic church. No, no, this is
2: just my opinion, but you know how we can get those people back? Mm. Bingo. We get, uh, <laughs> no, we get um, bishops and priests to admit the truth of their errors the last 40 and 50 years because most people have left the church because of, of a disagreement with one or the other, and usually it's over marriage and the family, and And I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And that's why people aren't coming back, whether they're right or wrong. But if that situation and everyone's personal life would have been handled a little bit differently by the priest or the bishop, it'd be a different story.
1: That is true that that is a reason why a lot of people leave because of marriage, divorce.
2: And then let's also add on to that. You know why people aren't going to church now? Because the COVID set up a situation where you don't have to go. The other thing is, is, you know, another reason why people don't go to church now? Because of all the scandals, and it's not just sexual scandals; it's financial scandals. It's it's a lack of information and correct doctrine. Mm -hmm. It's these bishops have so much money. Follow the money trail. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. You know, pick one or pick them all. That's why people aren't in church. They're sick of it. Mm -hmm. They're sick of these priests and bishops who are going down this path that don't really love them and shepherd them. And that's what it comes down to. It's about love. These are Mary's sons. Who have been given the grace to love, and they're not loving us. Or to argue with any of that.
0: We kept her under control for 55 minutes. We kind of <laughs> did.
1: Just at the end, we lost her right at the finish line. But I will uh, just kind of make a comment on the end of his statement where uh, the Archbishop says, quote, Pastoral planning doesn't signal we've given up hope. Au contraire, he says, it serves to invigorate our efforts. To continue the mission of Jesus in the ministries of our parishes and churches, and as a friend said to me once, only a bishop could interpret closing parishes as being a sign of vitality. Well, in the,
0: uh, the the whole purpose out here, we what what is it? We've lost sight of mission or maintenance. The mission is evangelization. This this strikes me as a statement of maintenance. we we're, we're handling. Uh, boilers and electricity and buildings and real estate and and mm-hmm. uh, resources mm-hmm. that's not the mission of the church the church exists solely to evangelize
1: salvation of souls on this feast of our all saints day the salvation of souls it's In- how
0: it's how francis uh, was confused When when uh, at San Damiano, when uh, the Lord said to him, "Rebuild my church," and what what was he doing?
2: He was literally rebuilding the church—yeah, bricks and mortar. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is is that with with what we have going on, there's a hierarchy in the church. But as laity, I feel like the brunt of the responsibility of evangelization has fallen on the laity. I can't consecrate bread and turn it into Jesus Christ for the salvation of souls. So to me, part of that responsibility has to come on to the bishops and the priests so that the laity can be invigored and aid in the evangelization, but not be the leader thereof. Am I wrong in saying that? The
0: modern challenge of clericalizing the laity and laicizing the uh, clarity here. You know, you guys can't see it here. We've got to wrap this up here because we're, we're bumping out of time here. But right now... Janet, Colleen, look at her here. She's got that uh, red plaid shirt on. She looks like Rosie the Riveter, ready to go on out and, and rivet for Christ here. So we got to break this off here.
1: I'm Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wagner.
0: Tom Oglesby, join us in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be. To the, to the Father and to the, and to the, the Son and, to,
2: and the the son to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, is, is now, and ever, ever shall be, world without, without end. Amen.
0: This is The Chatter, episode number 17. You'll hear us live on Saturdays and Sundays. And now on the kcrd-fm.org website as a podcast. See you all next week.